I was talking to a few teammates that I was like, yeah, I'm on this podcast with the American record holder in the beer mile. <laughs> and then we all started talking about the beer mile and we're just like, what do you think we could run in it? And um, I think I sparked some interest. So who knows when that would happen, but um, I'd be very interested to see like what I could do or what anyone like, on our team could do. Which female and which male on the Bowerman Club is uh, the most wild or like the biggest partier in the off season? Ooh. Welcome back to another episode of the Beer Mile Podcast. I'm your co-host, Chris, along with my co-host, Adam. Today, we have an interview with Krista Schweitzer of the Bowerman Track Club. She's a world-class runner, probably doesn't need a whole lot of an introduction. Uh, she's won several national titles. She's run 1426 for the 5K. She set the 3000 meter indoor American record with the time of 825 this past winter. She's an Olympic hopeful, uh, potentially an Olympic medalist, absolute beast of a runner. And it was great to get a little insight into both her running career and also her life outside of running as well. Uh, we talked to Carissa about Kodiak Cakes, why I'm burning mine on the pan, insights into Bowerman Track Club, her plans for the 21 season and the Olympic trials, and the potential for the Bowerman Track Club beer mile. I mean, I'm most excited about the beer mile, not gonna lie. Obviously. Be pretty hyped to see the Bowerman Track Club get together for a beer mile after the 2021 Olympics. We'll put money on the line. We'll, you know, I'll, I'll race them if they'll have me. It'll be a good time. Uh, so we get into all of that with Carissa. And then after the interview with Carissa, we will talk about the beer of the week, as well as we're going to throw a little challenge at our sister podcast, Peak Too Early. Uh, the boys over at Peak Too Early, another good podcast. Uh, kind of a similar vibe to us in a way, but I think we need to throw a little challenge at them and make things interesting. So stick around to the end of the interview with Carissa, and we'll get into some of that. Without further ado, here is Carissa Schweitzer of the Nike Bowerman Track Club. excited to have you on. Welcome to the show, Carissa. Yes, thank you for having me. Awesome. To kick things off, how have the last few months been for you training, especially, you know, post the Olympic trials being moved to 2021? Did that kind of change your uh, a day in your, your normal life and how you're approaching training and all of that? Or, or are you still kind of keeping business as usual in preparation for next year? Yeah, it's been a weird year to say the least. Um, I think just having everything postponed, we just kind of took it as an opportunity for me being like on the younger side. It's been nice that I can just work towards just becoming a better athlete and having the whole, this whole last summer of just chasing times and chasing records was a huge confidence booster for me. Yeah. And I'm excited to take that into this next year and mm -hmm. the fall training has been pretty much like all the basics that we normally do. I think the only hard part is that we don't really know what we're shooting for right now, right. like our, in the recent future, at least, but right. um, it's been fun just having like the team together and um, training. At least we can do that right now. Um, I don't know. I know Portland's going into another shutdown, so I don't know what the like next few weeks look like, but yeah. um, for now it's going well. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, and do you normally 
train with all of your teammates on a daily basis? Uh, or, or are you kind of grouped off uh, in, in smaller groups already, just kind of your typical way of training? Yeah, um, normal times we're usually all together. Like um, Jerry loves just like the team aspect of everything. So we'll just do our whole fall base, just like every workout, just together, like grinding it out. And um, I just really enjoy that just because it just feels more like team as like right. team aspects to it, like college team. Um, but once we get down to like um, the end of the season, we're pretty much event-based and separated off. And it's usually groups of like three to five and we'll all just like work out on the same day, but we'll just come to the track at different times. So that's definitely a little different, but we'll all do our normal runs together. Yeah. I'm sure that helps a lot with motivation too. I know like a lot of people this year, especially without races, motivation is definitely a big, you know, it's a, it's a tough, uh, tough thing to get motivated for, you know, not knowing what you're training for, but I'm sure it helps a lot having, a few others that you're consistently running with on a daily basis to, you know, help keep each other accountable as well. Oh yes, for sure. Without them, it'd be very difficult to be training during these times. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Uh, looking back on, you know, your college career, uh, you, you really had like an ag- aggressive acceleration in terms of like you had the initial talent you kind of like exploded from your freshman year, I think placing like 155th at XC Nats to third the next year, mm-hmm. something insane like that. Talk about like when, when did you first know that you had a shot at a professional running career? Yeah. Um, so making nationals my freshman year was honestly just, that was a huge accomplishment in itself. Um, I placed 17th, I think at SECs, like, the week prior to regional. So my coach was just basically like, you just got to go out there and like, see what you can do. And so ended up making nationals and he's like, I did not expect that, but um, <laughs> this is awesome. And so um, just racing nationals as a freshman was just very overwhelming because I've never raced people that good before. Yeah. And um, obviously got lost in the mix and placed 155th and um actually didn't make cross nationals the following year and um my coach I just remember like after because I think my sophomore year I placed yeah I placed third at nationals in track and he's just like basically telling me like he's like you're gonna win cross one day and he's just like positive of it and it was just crazy to just hear that and then actually have that happen just put a lot of faith and like trust into him and having him just like have all these outlandish goals for myself, like made me like kind of reevaluate that and really just like shoot for just out there goals and just see where, what happens. Yeah. So, so when you were like in your junior senior year of college, did you at that time, was the plan to become a professional runner or were you still also thinking of you know, alternatives in a career and, and a, a, a different path outside of running as well? Yeah, I think mostly my junior, senior year was when I really just started shifting focus on um, really just professional running. I think after, it was after winning cross nationals was when I like literally was like, okay, I want to make this a thing. And I still remember I called my dad, like, I think it was that winter afterwards I was like talking to him and I was like yeah I think I just really want to do 
professional running instead of, because for a while I was talking about maybe going to grad school or what my mm -hmm. next step was. And he was like, I don't know, maybe you should think about grad school and kind of just shot down it a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that wasn't the response I was looking for. But then like a day later he calls me and he's like, you know what? I changed my mind. He's mm -hmm. like, you only have like such a short time to like live this dream. He's like, even yeah. if you're like scraping by, like I say, you go for it. So I yeah. think just getting that confirmation from him and getting like just people around me, like my coach and like my grandparents, everyone was just super supportive of it. So I think from then on, it was just like, okay, let's just try to find the best like group for me and the best like sponsorship from there. Yeah. What, and what was your uh, degree in? Mine was in health science. Health so science. I was okay. looking at being like a dietitian or going back to grad school and doing something with that degree. I wasn't positive yet, but I'm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? Maybe I'll go back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You never, you can always, you can always go back to academia at, at any time in your life. So exactly. I, I think that's a, uh, that's a pretty uh, good choice, at least from my perspective of <laughs> taking advantage of your youth and, and uh, seeing where you can go with running while you're able to. Yes. Um, so when you were uh, in the final year of college, kind of figuring out where to uh, pursue your professional running career. Who all were you in talks with for, you know, groups that you were looking at joining, uh, brands that you were talking to about shoe contracts and, and what made you ultimately end up with, with Nike and Bowerman? Yeah, I've actually haven't really been asked that too much on podcasts, but I was looking at, I was looking at Reebok actually, they had the new group, um, up and coming. Right. And so that was an option. And then I was also, I looked and visited some coaches in Boston. Um, my college coach was good friends with a couple of people out there. So whenever I went and raced like a 5k out there, we just kind of met up with coaches as well. And ultimately I didn't really want to live in Boston. So that was a um, big turning point from that. And then we just kind of shifted focus on the, I mean, Bowerman was just doing amazing at the time I was looking and I feel like they really went off that summer. It was like American record after American record. And um, that was pretty hard to look away from. And um, Reebok, I do have to admit, they did a very good job. I went and visited um, with them. And I remember just like talking to Jerry afterwards and being like, this is a real possibility. I like it out here. And he right away, like, like I just left a voicemail and if anyone knows Jerry does not get back very fast and <laughs> he got back to me in less than a minute <laughs> and just like calling me being like this is why you need to come here blah 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 and he's so passionate about the sport and about where he believed that I could be that it was hard not to go with him because he just coached all these athletes to do these like, amazing things that I was watching and just to have that kind of faith in athletes and see that potential. It was like really exciting. So yeah. um, ultimately I wanted to come out here. I visited the team and really liked everyone. It seemed more like a really good fit for me, like very team oriented. And I wanted to give altitude a try and they're very into their <laughs> altitude yeah. training as I've found out. Yep. It's not easy and it still isn't easy. But, um, <laughs> I enjoy it. It definitely puts like a more um, like difficult aspect onto the sport, but kind of fun and challenging. Yeah. What kind of like adjusting to Bowerman, what kind of challenges have you found from your college training to now? 
Yeah, there's been quite a few challenges to overcome, but I think like my first year I was able to navigate those very well because I actually lived with um, Courtney Ferrix for a little bit and I feel like she helped me a lot just kind of like bypass that curve of like that learning curve that you have and she was just three years into the program and just kind of was giving me a bunch of like tips and tricks and we made a bunch of like dinners together she taught me how to like cook better and actually like enjoy healthy food Mm -hmm. and um so just like learning from her learning from everyone on the team um was huge for me because it was just like upping my volume in workouts, upping my volume in like weekly mileage, and then um, just adapting to altitude. They were all just like three big changes. And I just kind of took it piece by piece. I think my my first altitude camp wasn't anything special. And I kind of dug myself into a hole. And then I realized from there, like, I have to take it easy in the beginning. And I need to feel good up to this point. And then I can like, work hard and um, really progress. But my main goal of the whole first year was just to stay healthy. So I was very consistent in the fact of if anything was bothering me, I would be like trying to take care of it as soon as possible, just because we had the resources, we had the time. And um, there's just like, I think for me, the biggest thing of my career is that I've been able to stay very healthy. And so I just wanted to keep that. And that was my college coach's main um, advice was he's like, just stay healthy. He's like, you're so good right now that he's like, whatever minor like things you need to change, he's like, just try to stay healthy. Yeah, definitely. Consistency, very important. (laughs) Um, As far as like a lifestyle change, uh, going from college to professional running, I mean, in college, you have classes and, and, you know, homework, et cetera. Did you find that it was easier to focus on the training more with those pieces of the, of your life cut out? Um, or were you, I guess at the end of college or were you so focused on running anyway, that, that you, that was kind of your main priority. So, uh, the amount of time that you were now spending as a professional runner, doing all of those extra things, uh, kind of just basically replacing the school time with all of the additional, uh, workout time. Um, I would say kind of torn in between both because you leave like the school aspect. You're just like, I want to be done. I want to be done so bad. And then when you're actually done with school, you're just like, what now? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You had this, like, I don't know, I've had tests and exams for, I don't even know how long. And then all of a sudden you're just like, well, there's nothing to do. And, um, started getting into like Netflix more and stuff like that. But honestly, school's kind of a nice distraction at times. And I learned that first year that, um, you really do have to like find things to keep busy and, um, just, just kind of still exercising your mind because you can go just a little stir crazy at times. Mm -hmm. And, um, now though, I feel like I filled up my time a lot with just like podcasts and PT and everything else. I'm just like, where did all the time go in my first couple of years? <laughs> it's been good. I really enjoy it. And I definitely can't go back to school <laughs> with how life is now, but, um, yeah. I do appreciate the, like just having that escape at times. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, we, we both talk about like now being far, farther removed from college, how 
It's like the thought of going back and having to do classes and tests again is like crazy, but it is so weird making that transition at first because that's all you know for your entire life. And then, and then it's just, Mm -hmm. now it's just weird to think about, man, I I don't, I would never want to go back and do all those tests again. That was terrible. (laughs) But, but you do have a cat now. You have have a cat or two cats. One is your roommates, I think. Yes. So we have two cats. One of them's with us right now, which is mine. And then her her cat is coming out here in like two weeks, I believe, but they're brothers. So we're really excited to get them back together. We actually got them in college. It was supposed to be one cat. And then, of course, we ended up with two. But um, we love them. So it's, yeah, we're excited to have them reunited. It's uh Simba and Milo Milo yeah <laughs> yeah we tried to do like uh combination names but um Milo and then no one wanted Otis and then Simba and no one wanted Mufasa so we uh, okay. just took this <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were thinking about like so I I have a puppy and her name is Nala and we were thinking about bringing her on the podcast but she's kind of fussy so <laughs> oh, that maybe, been, that's maybe my dream. I wanted to get a puppy and name it Nala because I was like Simba and Nala would be so cute yeah, we'll, we'll have a we'll have a reunion one day They'll be- <laughs> <laughs> Too cute. uh you mentioned uh cooking and and I know that's seems to be a hobby of yours and you mentioned learning you know how to cook and eat healthy etc kind of as join joining the Bowerman Club um I'm curious kind of overall your thoughts on you know diet as a runner is it something that you really focus on is it something that you uh are, are a little bit more lax on is just as long as you're you know overall kind of eating healthy and and getting mostly good things but still you know enjoying enjoying uh other tasty food as well how, how strict are you on that yeah, I feel like I'm not as strict as people think I am on it. I often get asked, like, how healthy you are? Like, how do you eat, like, dessert? Because I'm always posting, like, sweets on my Instagram. Yeah. Like, I don't care how you're getting yeah. away with all this. And I'm like, I'm running, like, 90 miles a week. I'm like, I can have a couple brownies. Like, I can, I can do whatever okay. I want. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but basically, I just, I try to eat um, just fuel for like dinner, everything. Like I try to eat pretty healthy and, um, like quite a bit because I am mm-hmm. running so much. So, uh, I have a really bad sweet tooth. So I usually cater to that. I've learned that I am the healthiest when I have a balanced diet, like mm-hmm. just having like a little bit of everything. If I cut out sweets or anything, I just, it didn't go well for me last. Like I tried it in college and it didn't go well. So yeah. Um, I've like, I just always have to have sweets in my diet, even when we're like up intense training at altitude, like I'm still buying like bags of chocolate chips or chocolate <laughs> bars because I'm like, I need something or I'm going to go yeah. crazy. But definitely, um, but yeah, I think I've learned that like I can cook healthy, but it doesn't have to be like salads or anything. Like it can be like, I love like pesto pasta. I love, um, just like I actually really like steak and um, just like really like nutrients, like, I don't know, stuff that can really fuel me for the long run. Um, Mm. Because at the end of the day, like the worst feeling is being in a workout and feeling like fatigue and hunger. So I'm always just trying to like feel strong that I can like strong enough to carry myself through the workload. What's your, uh, what's your go-to pre long run breakfast? 
pancakes. <laughs> I've talked about this quite a bit. I will do oatmeal for like, I don't know, some workouts and um, some long runs, but usually up at altitude, I'll have pancakes because we have like usually a pretty long drive to get to where we're going. And by that time, sometimes I'm like already hungry. So I've learned that pancakes stick with me very well. And I really enjoy having them before runs. Yeah. As people probably enjoy pancakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we uh we want to definitely ask you about Kodiak cakes. Um, but <laughs> while we're still on the topic of of just kind of overall thoughts on diet, I'm curious: is there any room uh for you or or anyone else in Bowerman Track Club on having beer or wine or anything like that, or is that only an off season thing and and in season that that's a that's a no go? It's actually really fun to see how people like. I don't know, restrict things or don't. There's definitely some people that are just like no alcohol at all. Like, and then off season they do. Yeah. Um, but then there's some people that just like to have like a little bit or like a little bit of wine here and there. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Lopez, owner of the altitude, he'll have like two beers. Like it's either every other Friday or every Friday. I don't remember, but he's like knocked on his butt from two beers. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. At altitude after running, however. Yeah. 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 So it was fun. We actually got to um, live with the boys this past summer and we just had a big house and it was um, just, we had a pool table and everything. So we definitely all got closer as a team and it was um, pretty fun. Awesome. And I'm sure uh, the off season time, I guess you, you've maybe only had a couple kind of off seasons with the team so far, but I'm sure that that can also be a lot of fun uh, do, does that get a little rowdy after a season is over? Um, you know, and also I guess people probably kind of disperse to some extent and, and go to different parts of the U S but yeah, curious if you're able to give us any, uh, deets into that. <laughs> oh yes. I mean, we definitely enjoy our off time because we're just like, it goes so long of just restricting so much. And then yeah. finally it's the off season. And I feel like we're all just trying to get together and do something um, if we're not like dispersed in different places, but I actually stayed around Portland cause I was moving this past, um, off season and that was pretty fun. I felt like we just like did a bunch of stuff that, um, we wouldn't normally do. And I've been really enjoying the off season, but <laughs> obviously to a point where then I'm like, okay, it's time to just get serious. I'm done with this. So it's very like, I feel like that's how we're all, we're just like all in on things. So you mm -hmm. like all in on the season, then all in on the off season. And it's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> so Good. at least you, yeah, at least you know that you're mentally reset. If you get to that point where you're yeah. like, all right, it's time to get back in shape. Let's get, let's get back on training. So that, exactly. that's good. That's one of the off season. So, right. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us are like that. We're like, even just with everything, it's just like candy, sweets, all this, like you just indulge so much. And then you're like, I'm done. <laughs> it was, it was a I lot. Need, <laughs> I need to take a nap after this. I'm going to start. Yeah. Pretty hard. <laughs> Very um, let's talk a little bit about your, your sponsorship with Kodiak cakes. How did that come about? Yeah, I've really enjoyed this sponsorship, but it just came about, I was in, an article on runner's world. And I was talking about how I fueled like just on a day-to-day -day basis. And I was like telling her, I was like, yeah, I actually eat pancakes before like some of my runs. And she was like, Oh no way. Like what kind of pancakes? And then we just got into this whole discussion about Kodiak cakes. And I was like, I love them. Like, um, they're so easy and they're healthy. And 
then they DM'd me and they're just like, hey, we see that you love Kodiak cakes. We'd love to like send you some product and stuff. And I was like, this is awesome. And they sent me product. And then we train actually for altitude. A lot of the times we're in Park City, which is where they're based and where they're founded. So they reached out and they're like, we see you're in Park City. Like, we'd love to take you out to breakfast, like buy you pancakes. And I'm just like, okay, like, sure. And so I go and I meet them and they're just like, yeah, we would love to do like a like sponsorship of some sort. Um, and we were talking about it and um, it was with the like Olympic year being just like postponed and everything just being kind of strange. They, um, I thought, okay, maybe this will happen like the following year or something, but they're still very interested and they wanted to just have a longer sponsorship. And I was very for it. Cause I was like, this is a very authentic product for me. Like I was yeah. like the kind of different sponsorship but I was like this is something that is very easy for me to promote I feel like I've already been promoting it so I was like this is perfect that's awesome and do you get sick of Kodiak cakes at all I, I'm, I'm assuming you just have Kodiak cake boxes just sitting around like getting shipments all the time <laughs> does it ever get old or or are you still uh, enjoying them I'm still enjoying them they actually I feel like through the sponsorship I've realized how much stuff they have I was just like yeah. I just primarily stick like I was just mostly pancakes and then all of a sudden they were sending me this stuff that was like the brownie mix and like yeah, this more pancakes oatmeal and like bars and then one of my like favorites that people don't really know about is there's this like cookie mix and it is so good they're like oatmeal chocolate chip cookies and I am obsessed with them so <laughs> those are the thing to buy <laughs> good to know I, I I wasn't even aware of those yeah. actually yeah I bought okay. I, I buy it quite a bit of their pancake makes, but also their muffins are fantastic. Yeah. Yes, those are really good too. <laughs> and I feel like I've tried everything now. I'm like, okay, I know, like, I've had people be like, what should I buy? And I'm just like, the list is like too long. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, basically, it's good. <laughs> you won't go wrong. It's so great that, like, it, it feels not quite as often enough or as often it should be. Uh, for athletes to like be sponsored by brands they believe we talked to Nick Simmons a few episodes ago like talking about how he had a sponsorship with Bose and like he's I mean he's mm -hmm. uh, well into aviation so he like has a ton of Bose products and they reached out to him kind of in the same way and it's always like I don't know it's always fun when you get sponsored by brands that you're already using or mm -hmm. or like you already believe in definitely yeah, it makes it a lot easier to promote them. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what's your favorite flavor of Kodiak cakes, the pancakes? Probably the chocolate chip pancakes. Um, they're, I have like, you have to try them because they're just different than just adding chocolate chips into like normal pancake mix. I just feel like it's like really like sweet. I really like those ones. Awesome. <laughs> and, they cook very well. and do you add anything... What, what's your, what's your Kodiak cake recipe? Cause you can add eggs if you want. You don't have to add eggs. Do you add any other add-ins uh, to the mix? Yes. I always add eggs and then like oat milk or just like some kind of dairy because I feel like it just makes it taste like better. It <laughs> does. Then, it does. Um, I actually mash a banana into it sometimes oh, and that I feel like that adds such good like flavor to it because I also put peanut butter on it oh, so yeah. I love like banana and peanut butter that combo so I'm always like trying to make stuff that has to do with that <laughs> awesome master pancake chef right here 
Yes. <laughs> Would you rather have oat milk or almond milk? I am obsessed with oat milk. I feel like it mixes in so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually made pancakes for the Kodiak people and they were just like, because I was flipping them like for just like a promo video. And they were all just amazed. They're just like, how'd you get your pancakes so fluffy? Like, we can't, like, we can't do this. And I'm just like, I add this and this and this. And they're just like, wow. So I impressed them. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I'm definitely at the, like, a good, like, pancake knowledge level now. <laughs> so, so post-professional uh, running career, you're going to get brought on to Kodiak as, like, a senior scientist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, Tell them what to add in all their mixes. <laughs> I mean, they might have to make an update to the recipe on the box and start. Yeah. That would, that would add a lot. I'll shoot them an email of my ideas. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I will say I like recently within the last month, I swear that the pancakes are sticking to my nonstick um, pan now. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if I need to start cooking with butter or not, because typically I don't, but. You have to. I do like cooking with butter sometimes. Uh, my teammate Marielle has taught me that, and she's she's a big fan of butter. So <laughs> she's like, I cook pancakes with her, and it was just like melt the whole thing of butter, <laughs> let the pancake just like <laughs> fry. <laughs> but it was it was funny. Uh, looking ahead to 2021, uh, obviously a lot is still up in the air. Um, curious what your thoughts are kind of going into assuming we have the Olympic trials, the Olympics, everything, uh, kind of what's the overall plan for your, your spring season and what events are you going to focus on for the trials? So for 2021, I think the plan is mostly just to try to mimic as normal of a season as we can, just because I don't know what we're going to be able to get to race if I'm just going to be racing my teammates again. Um, just obviously they're great competition, so not knocking them in any way, but, um, yeah, I'm hoping that we'll be able to race like more outside competition and build a little bit of a spring season, but I think it's just going to be really hit or miss on what opportunities are going to be there and what aren't going to be there. But Either way, we'll either be training for that whole lead up to the trials and then hopefully for the best then and hopefully everything else works out as well. I think there's just a lot of uncertainty in the air. And uh, for me, I'll be focusing on the 5K for sure. And then I talked a little bit about the 10K. I'm not positive. It's a very like unknown area for me. I've raced it a little bit in college, but I am very interested to see like where I've got, where I'm at now in the 10K. Right, right. 5K, 10K would be a tough double. So would it be one or the other if if you went that route or would there be a shot of trying to double? I think there's a tiny shot of being able to double because it's actually pretty far apart. Um, The two, the 5K, the 10K is at the very beginning of the trials and the 5K is later. Of course, there's rounds of the 5K, which would make right. that a little more difficult, but um, there's it's a better opportunity than the 5K 1500 double. That one's a little difficult as they're just so close, but obviously focusing on the 5K and if Jerry doesn't think 10K is a good idea, like we'll just straight 5K. I don't see yeah. me just doing the 10K instead of the 5K. <laughs> <laughs> if, you were, if you were making bets, uh, betting odds, what are the odds that the one of those events, say the 5K, is 
and, and you could also bet on this for men too, that Bowerman Track Club sweeps the top three spots Ooh. in an entire Ooh. event. So 5K for women, I guess 5K for men, 1500 for men. Uh, yeah, what, what, do you, what do you think the odds are that Bowerman Track Club can make a sweep in one of those? Wow. <laughs> that makes me a little nervous talking about that. <laughs> and I don't want to get any heat from other people. <laughs> I think the chances of just after, I'm just basing it off of our summer. Yeah. Um, I think the 5K for women, it actually looks pretty good. Um, yeah. Just having like, we have such a big 5K powerhouse mm-hmm. and it was fun just seeing how many people we could get under 15 and um everyone just improving so much just in a short amount of time even we got like elise and vanessa and like yeah. shelby and, like there's just like i can name so many <laughs> yeah right. emily like there's it's crazy honestly if like everyone's on the line yeah um, and then obviously the guys like we got like woody that ran that and then mm-hmm. mo and well most canadian <laughs> <laughs> He'll, he'll I, be a part of the sweep at the Olympics, yeah. not, not the Olympic trials. <laughs> He's not going to be happy for me. <laughs> he that podcast. But yeah, he'll sweep the Canadian trials. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. But with like Lopez and yeah, I don't know. I mean, the team is looking really good and I'm, I was super excited last year to see what we would do. So now I'm even more excited this year. Cause I feel like we all took like a bunch of like, um, we just, a lot of growth in our team over the last uh, couple months. Yeah, definitely. Like from an outside perspective, it, it seems like the odds, obviously on the day of the race, anything can happen, but it seems like odds are, you know, pretty decent, especially considering the ability to go into that race kind of with a team mindset too. Like you, you see it like the Olympics, like, like Kenya and Ethiopia, they'll work together a lot yeah. of times in that Olympic final. And so Bowerman yeah. can almost kind of do that the same way at the trials to some extent. So especially for the 5k. Yeah. Especially oh, kind yeah. of working together, pacing for the 5k. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited I to do something similar to that um, at USA's since we, we had five people on the 5k yeah. at USA's yeah. it's coming up like a year and a half ago now, but um, we, our goal was actually to try to take it out and just, run it hard and see like we were switching off leads every 800 I think and we just ran into the small problem of it started raining slash like um yeah it started raining right before our race and it was just like overcast like windy like couldn't hear very well and then the drum line started (laughs) and Jerry's supposed to yell at our splits and we're over here just like uh like, <laughs> like I don't know <laughs> trying to do like quick math by seeing like the time and it didn't it didn't work out exactly how we wanted it to but um for the most part we got like the results we still could have improved but um I think we're we're gonna work on that for the trials for sure <laughs> yeah awesome uh you're obviously so early really early in your career but I'm curious what do you think uh what percent of your success is based on your hard work and what percent is, could you attribute to luck? Ooh, um, I'd say I have, I'm very determined and um, I've always like, even in college, like my college coach and even way back to like middle school days and like high school days, I've always been told like, I work out very hard, like almost like over my head hard. (laughs) And uh, 
my grandpa like mentioned that when I was just like doing laps around like our house and getting time he's like you just like by yourself it's incredible how much you can push yourself to your like limit so I think over time like I have like worked very hard to get to where I'm at but I can't say that luck isn't in there as well because um even before um I won my first national title like my grandpa has always told me he's just like to win something like that, you need to have um, like hard work ethic and you need to have a little bit of talent, but you also just need a little bit of luck. And I always like for those three things to align, you just have to be so grateful because those kind of moments just don't happen that often. And I always look back on those moments in my career and I'm just like, so happy that they happened. So happy that like when they happened and I learned so much from each one and but I've learned even more from my failures of not reaching those points yeah. to get back there. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely create your own luck to, to some extent through, through the hard work. So yeah. Yeah. And you have to believe in yourself before to make that luck happen. Cause if you're counting yourself out before you even get to the line, like it's not going to count on luck. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're obviously a very good runner. Uh, the word on the street is you're really good at knockout basketball. What, <laughs> are you bad at? Oh, um, I mean, there's definitely a list of things I'm bad <laughs> at, but <laughs> I, yes, knockout, definitely good, but I would say my earlier years of playing like contact sports wasn't very good. <laughs> um, are, there's definitely stories that like my family loves to bring up and they love to like show old videos of stuff but um when I was younger like my first like couple teams in soccer it was we're called flower power which (laughs) I just like I got confused with like what the meaning of soccer was but I was the one like picking flowers in the other side of the field while the group was like (laughs) picking the ball and I guess like my dad's just like we don't have an athlete like to my mom and she's just like we just gotta wait (laughs) so um glad I figured the contact sports out later on but um definitely wasn't like right from the start (laughs) great athlete by any means (laughs) had to work at it when, when did you switch from trying those other sports growing up to only focusing on running? I switched right before high school. Okay. I really liked soccer, actually got better at that and enjoyed it. But I think I looked at all these other sports that I was in and the main um, part that I was good at was like the running part of it. Yeah. So I was like, I, I should focus on the one sport that I, and I've always just been very competitive in running. Like, compared to other sports I just I've been told by many coaches I just they've seen me run and they've seen me play like basketball and they're like she just has a different mindset when it comes to like being on the track and being on like the cross-country course yeah absolutely uh question about uh location so you now you've lived in a few different places um I I grew up in Iowa City went to Iowa State so Iowa native as well just like you I'm curious, how does Iowa stack up to Missouri, to uh, being in Oregon, to being all the places that you've traveled for, you know, altitude training for races, et cetera. Uh, What's your kind of your top list of places that you like most? Top 
list of like the best place I've been to for just training. yeah been, been to or lived or 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 anything yeah I, I'm I'm very curious on how the how the Midwest stacks up in your your overall uh, hit list of good places to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm biased with the Midwest. Um, just like a little piece of home, always just with Iowa and even in Missouri as well. I think that just like the running there is like great, and um, just love like the community. And um, there's just so many like little things in the Midwest that you're like when I'm out here, I'm just like I miss that or like. I'm ready to be back home, but then you come back home in the harsh winter and I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't miss that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I overall, like one of the best places I've been to has been St. Moritz, Switzerland. It is just literally, it's gorgeous. Like it just reminds me of like, like it's like the cows are just so happy and like all the animals just like, yeah. it's like a like, storybook. Like you're just like, this is crazy. Like it's like a dream but it's like gorgeous out there. Highly recommend ever traveling out in that direction. Mm-hmm. Beautiful trails to run. Um, all the food just tastes better there. <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, it, the beer's great too. Like everything's like very good. Um, but for living wise, I loved like all the locations I've lived in. Like Iowa, like I love Des Moines. It's such mm-hmm. a cute like city. I could definitely, I don't know, see myself back there sometime. Right. Um, I really liked Columbia, Missouri. I think that if you're looking for a college, um, with a great trail system, that's where you go because I, every day, I think I miss those trails It is just so nice. And then Portland's great too. I love the running community out here. And there's just a ton of like places that you can go and visit for like a day. Like you can go to the coast, you can go to like waterfalls, there's all these different like fun adventures. So I say there's a little bit of like, I just like all of them in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes total sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. St. Moritz is definitely like the Mecca for pro runners to go oh, to yeah. when they're racing in Europe. That's oh, where yeah. every, like, I feel like when you're out, when you're out there, do you just see a bunch of other pro runners, you know, like out running every day? It is crazy. Like I thought before I went, I was just like, oh, everyone just overhypes this place. And then I went, I was like, oh, yep, this is like where you want to be distance runner. Like, and just, you see everyone out there on the trails. And of course I was my first year pro. So I was just like, oh, it's this person and this person. And, um, so it was very exciting, um, and humbling too. Yeah. um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, some questions about Bowerman track club. Um, want to get a little bit inside about the team, your teammates, et cetera. So, uh, so as a team, you're all very competitive people. Um, I'm sure similarly competitive outside of running. So what are you all, what sort of games, what do you all do kind of outside of your time running that you get super competitive about? Um, we play a lot of like card games or board games. And sometimes like when we're in like the like peak of altitude, like it gets almost too competitive with like certain games that we like have to stay away from some. Like I think there was one camp that we started playing. Um, I'm trying to think what game it was, but it was like one of those like apples to apple, like one of those games where you have to like vote on people, like okay. um, like and like you have to like argue your point and why your point was right and stuff. And we had to just like not play that game anymore. <laughs> so competitive. And so like, we were just all arguing about like why our points were right. So that one 
no, but um, we really like Catan and okay. yeah. um, Mario Kart has been pretty fun as well. Um, cool. But yeah, there's, uh, I feel like every camp we have like a new go-to game that like is played way too much that camp and then <laughs> have to, we exhaust it, then we go to a new one. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> And we're all very competitive so we have to keep that in mind when choosing the game <laughs> yeah. so for something like apples to apples who is like the most outspoken towards their point for that definitely mariel mariel hall <laughs> <laughs> her sister's a lawyer and she will argue her point to like the end <laughs> like she's, she's the future like politician or lawyer. yeah <laughs> 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 like to the point where you're just like okay whatever like, I'll, I'll vote for you please just yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, awesome it's, it's very fun who who wins the most and who who uh loses the most is there is there anyone who's like notorious for being just good at whatever game you guys decide to play and is there anyone who's just like Definitely. I do I, whatever I like someone that's just like oh, I lose but whatever I'm not I'm just not good at these games <laughs> yeah um Shelby wins a lot of the games. I think she's just, yeah. Or she sometimes will pick the games that she already knows, like Mario Kart. Like she games a lot. So she's just she like, I'll play Mario Kart. And then she just like destroys us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I think we're all just so competitive. That I don't really see anyone that's just like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> which is fun too. Yeah. Speaking of uh, like games and whatever else you guys play, like, is there anyone on the Bowerman Club that has a, a secret or like impressive talent that nobody Ooh. knows about? Impressive talent that no one knows about. I feel like there's. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's so like many different talents that I don't know if there's any like secretive one though. We did try one camp to learn how to juggle still working on that <laughs> there was a lot of like almost like I think like cracked up in oranges whenever <laughs> like split from like falling on the ground um and then I feel like we've been trying to find like that like different like hobby or like something but I, I don't know if there's I can't really think of one off the top of my head who on the team would you say is the biggest nerd Hmm. Gaming nerd, I would definitely say Shelby. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Okay. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what about uh, like in in my mind at least, just from a to total outsider, like I always think of like Chris Derrick as being like the biggest like <laughs> academic nerd of the group, but I don't know I if that's true or not. Yeah, I mean, I definitely could say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone honestly everyone's just kind of nerdy in their own way <laughs> like there's we're all runners I feel like we just have like that kind of personality and the guys team is so funny to be around because I feel like they're all like just like quick-witted and like say those like kind of, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's fun awesome all right we're going to do we have a segment on the podcast uh that we just started somewhat recently it's called the spicy question of the week and so it's just a little spicy. We promise it won't be that spicy, but the, the purpose is we will ask a question that may be a little controversial or spicy. And, and in order to ask that question, uh, whoever asks it between Adam and I has to finish their drink in order to ask it. Um, so I guess, do you want it? Would you like to ask the question or would you like me to ask the question? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could ask it. Okay, go ahead. 
Oh gosh, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it's not bad. <laughs> okay. And you have the right to not answer if you would. Yeah, we'll just like. cut it. <laughs> Ooh, that was painful. Um, spicy question of the week. Uh, which female and which male on the Bowerman Club is uh, the most wild or like the biggest partier in the off season? Ooh. Um, hmm. Female? <laughs> I hate outing people, but um, <laughs> I would say Shelby probably. Um, but I would say I'm easily influenced. <laughs> ah, oh, I like it. <laughs> so I'm going to put myself under the bus. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, that, that's oh, like, hey there, <laughs> Simba. <laughs> On the guy side, I. Thing. I don't really know. They're all pretty. I, I feel like they all have their moments, but I wouldn't like peg anyone as I'm like that one for sure. Consistently, yeah, consistently yeah. above the rest. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, that was not too spicy then. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah not too bad. <laughs> but good question. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into uh, just some rapid fire questions. Uh, this oh, no. <laughs> segment called the the last gulp. Um, so basically, get, kind of getting close to closing out here. So just some final uh, questions. You can answer them with just you know a yes, no, or a single word, uh, or you can elaborate if you would like. In uh, the first set is going to be food related, uh, since we know that you you know are a good cook. Food related items. Uh, so first one to kick off. Favorite pie. Pumpkin pie. I love Thanksgiving and I love pumpkin pie. <laughs> it's right around the corner. We're getting close. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> so favorite dessert? Cheesecake. I love cheesecake, but I also love chocolate, but I'd probably always choose cheesecake as my one number one dessert. That's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, favorite beer? Um, I like ciders, but I also like wheat beer. So I probably lean towards like something similar to Blue Moon. Perfect. Uh, similarly, uh, favorite cocktail? Ooh, I honestly, this is kind of weird, but Dirty Shirley. So it's like, a oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone always just like, that's like an old lady drink. I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fi I'm 50 plus at a wedding. Like, yeah. This is probably what I'm gonna drink. Yeah, <laughs> like oh great. Uh, how do you like your coffee? Um, I love cream. Okay. Cream in my coffee. Um, oat milk is my favorite. Nice. That's a good choice. Yeah, nice and a, thick. That's a new yeah. thing for me. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, sweet or salty? Sweet all the time. Yeah, I think we found out the answer yeah. that before yeah. we yeah. before we even asked it. Oh, and we already figured out the uh, the answer to the next one too. Favorite flavor of Kodiak cakes, chocolate chip. Um, so okay. to the next one, popcorn or trail mix? Um, popcorn, definitely. Okay, okay. All right, over under on how many breadsticks at Olive Garden you could eat in one sitting? Oh, um, I'm not, I don't know, probably like seven or eight. I feel like that's kind of weak. 
but I was actually talking to someone recently that I think I could eat a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts in one setting, like pretty easily. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I want to try just to tell people that I can do it, but, um, yeah, go out on your long run and then just <laughs> come back. <laughs> <Why not? laughs> I feel like the Krispy Kremes are kind of, it's just like that sugar just kind of all dissolves inside of you. So yeah. it doesn't really fill you up yeah. once you die. Yeah, you don't eat, I was eating, we, we had some like last week and I was just like, I think I could do this. And so <laughs> uh, stay tuned, that might happen too. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, if you could be a pro in any sport besides running, what would it be? Um, ooh, probably gymnastics or soccer. I feel like both of those are just really fun sports to watch and it would be really cool. Awesome. How many holes does a straw have? How many holes does a straw have? One. Ooh, okay. good, we have a good answer. Good answer. answer. No, that's a good. That's a good answer. Um, <laughs> the, the, I guess we'll give you a little backstory. We won't just leave it at that. That we. I don't know why we've had this debate of like, is a hole or is a straw two holes because you think of it like two holes, or is it just one hole because it's just one long hole? And yeah, it's like, I know. I like. I, I was thinking about it. I was just like, uh, I think it's just one. First, <laughs> I didn't know if there was obvious. People, the first couple of people we asked that, it was always two, and I was like, wow, I'm like out here, <laughs> out here on the edge thinking it's about two, it's and then now the last couple of people, it's one. So there you go, perfect. But you don't want another hole in your straw. Imagine if you had like something, it wouldn't work. So it needs to be one. It, that that is good logic exactly because then the, the fluid would just drain out a different hole and it wouldn't go. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think I think you're spot on. That's good logic. Uh, on a similarly weird note, is a hot dog a sandwich? No, I don't think Ooh, so. So close. To yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about that one. I was like, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know what I would call it though either. Right. Yeah, I don't know what I'd call it. Yeah, is is category. Okay, so that was just uh, your gut just told you to go with that. No, no specific. Do you have any specific reason for for one way or the other? Because I wouldn't be like, I want a sandwich and then order hot. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fair. <laughs> it just doesn't seem right. That that's totally fair. <laughs> All right, uh, favorite genre of music. Um, probably. Uh, I just like recent like pop, um, probably just like recent hits and stuff. I do like country though at times, but for running wise, I feel like I always need something more upbeat. upbeat. Yeah, country is hard to run to. Very yeah, hard. unless I'm trying to slow myself down, I've actually gone to country because I'm just like, okay, chill run. We're listening to country. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good strategy. I, I'd like podcasts. I'll only listen to them if I'm like trying to jog, like yeah. go, go really slow. Yeah. I won't do that yeah. if I'm trying to run. <laughs> How, how often do you listen to music when you're running? I love listening to music when I'm running, but um, I do run with people a lot. So it'll normally be during like my doubles or okay. every now and then, like I'll just have like a Saturday or like an easy, like easier run by myself. So I'll just like go out and listen to music. And okay. I, sometimes I don't realize how like much I needed that. Sometimes it's just nice to like just escape everything and just go out for a run and listen to music. Yeah. All right. Uh, you're, you mentioned earlier that you got into Netflix a little bit as a pro runner. So what's your favorite series on Netflix? Ooh, I'm favorite series ever. I feel like that there's so many good ones. I feel like just right now I actually, okay. My favorite series is probably friends. Actually. I okay. just 
it's a long time ago that I've watched it, but I love Friends. And I'm watching How I Met Your Mother all the way through right now. So that's been fun because I haven't seen it all the way through. And then, um, and Ozark is what I'm watching right now. So both oh, of them. Good one. Very good. Solid shows. Non-asked for advice. You should watch uh, Queen's Gambit. Good. No, I'm watching that right now too. Wait, I, <laughs> this is really bad. I have three different shows. I, <laughs> so I like start one, and I'm like, I need to finish. <laughs> uh, favorite social media platform? Definitely Instagram. <laughs> I, yep, big oh. fan of Instagram. Seems to be the common consensus among everybody. I, I think. Have you tried TikTok? I love watching TikToks, but my tiktoks i i have a tiktok but it's mostly simba and so so i don't think they're quite hitting as much as my running account does i don't know why (laughs) weird yeah that's sad (laughs) all right last question uh you have one day left to live and money isn't an object how would you like to spend your last day um probably just i'd take like my friends and family and just go to some crazy island or I don't even know just probably spending time with them but also being in a cool place I like it absolutely uh I, we, we have to ask as the beer mile podcast uh is there ever a future beer mile attempt from you at any point I, you know? <laughs> I was talking to a few teammates that I was like yeah I'm on this podcast with the American record holder in the beer mile <laughs> and then we all started talking about the beer mile and we're just like what do you think we could run in it? And um, I think I sparked some interest. So who knows when that would happen, but um, I'd be very interested to see like what, what I could do or what anyone like, on our team could do. Yeah. Do you, do you think that like, do you have concerns with being able to finish four beers? It sounds like you, you know, you can eat a lot between the breadsticks and the donuts and everything mm-hmm. else. Like, do you think you could fit four beers and still, still run or? Or what I think are your I'm thoughts? nervous about like yeah about fitting four beers and still running fast but um yeah I, I think it's possible I'm not like very like fast at chugging so maybe I'd have to practice that but um but yeah Stay who on your team who on your team would be do you think would be the best beer miler both guy guy and girl oh I think Lopez for the guy side. I just, I don't know why. I just feel like he's like, has a hidden talent in the beer mile that he doesn't know about. (laughs) um, Girl side. I really don't know. I feel like it'd be, it'd be very interesting to see. I feel like Elise could probably hold her. I I could see her doing like shocking people. Um, I definitely think Shelby could be pretty good and I'm going to throw myself in the mix. I think okay. I can hold my own. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Post 2020, uh, 2021 games. We'll, we'll yeah. See how it goes. Yeah. I don't know if this would be like, if this would be something that you're, you know, you'd be allowed to do with, with Nike and Bowerman track club. But uh, we were, we were talking um, with Chris Chavez from Sidious mag about uh, getting a pro beer mile, beer, oh. beer mile together. And we were yeah. saying like, we'll, we'll put up money prize money yeah. to see who would win that. And so far, uh, verbal confirmation from uh, Craig Engels and Eric Jenkins for post 2021 Olympics. Yes. So I'd love to see them take on, <laughs> take on Lopez and who knows, Centro, Grant Fisher, whoever on the, whoever on the Bowerman would be good at it. And similarly for the, for the women, I feel like the world record could definitely go down because you're all 
plenty fast to do it. If you can drink four beers, you got it. You could crush the world record. Yeah, we all, I think all of us definitely should be working on drinking part. But... <laughs> Maybe in the off season. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully just like we can make up for it just in the fitness part. I, th- I think so. I think so. Yeah, just practice yeah. chugging waters. And then once the season's over, then you can do a few practice runs with the, the real thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, yeah, we'll practice at practice with the water. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Awesome. It's been a blast. Uh, any, any questions or anything else that you would like to, to plug? Um, I think that's all, but I'll definitely be working on convincing people for this post 2021, uh, Olympic games. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> just, just tell them we will, we will, well, assuming COVID is, uh, you know, under control at that point, we will be happy yeah, to fly to wherever you want to have this event take place and we will put prize money on the line. So hopefully that'll help incentivize a little bit. <laughs> yes. No, that is great. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you as well. So that was our interview with Carissa Schweitzer of the Bowerman Track Club. Great to have her on the podcast. It was awesome to learn more about her life outside of running as well as her ambitions for 2021 season. And also the potential for the Bowerman Track Club Beer Mile, which we're going to make happen. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, But let's get into now reviewing the beer of the week. Um, And we actually have a little spread. Um, We kind of went with the platter approach on this episode. Uh, I think we already reviewed the 312 beer from Goose Island on a previous episode, if I remember correctly. Yep. And so we wanted to, you know, make sure to cover off on the others here. So... Goose Island, the Chicago Brewery, the Variety Pack. So we've got them all. So we've got the Green Line, uh, what is this one? Next Coast, Coast IPA, IPA, SPA, and SPF, uh, SP, and what is this one? Villain? Natural, Natural Villain. Villain. Natural Villain. Right. So we got a, a lager, a, I don't even know what this is, uh, an ale with passion fruit, uh, IPA, IPA. Uh, so so you, get, you get three to review. That's a lot of... I'll review these three. All right, let's just let's just fly through these guys. Uh, this logger here, natural villain. It's fine, you know. Like you think it's fine? It's fine. I mean, it's a beer. It's not. I don't. I know. mean, out, out of ten for taste, what are you what are you thinking? Yeah, it's like a six. Six for taste? Yeah, it's like a six. So, so for that one, I'd I'd give it a seven and a half for taste and a ten for drinkability. I think I can drink like a lot of those. I agree. Actually, I think this is 5%, correct? So yep. this would actually be, if they this was in a bottle with a twist off, good beer mile beer. Oh yeah. Absolutely good beer yeah. mile beer. Not very fizzy. Not very fizzy. Uh, not not my favorite, just lager to drink, you know, multiple of, but it's a beer. Yeah, you get tired of it. Yeah. For, so for the SPF, I would give it an eight. So a little bit above that for taste, and then also an eight for drinkability. Man, I, I think I got to go even more than an eight on the taste on this. This just like I'm kind of embarrassed to say so because it's in this like you know cute little pink can. It's, it's hurting. It's hurting your masculinity. It, it kind of is. It's just like this this fruity beer. It's kind of I don't know. It's like drinking that on a beach, like sun tanning, feels amazing right now. This is kind of like drinking in a way. This is better than these, but kind of like drinking like a Bud Light Lime or a Bud Light Orange oh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It's just, it tastes so it's, dang good. It's the primo version of that. Yeah. For sure. So Goose Island SPF, good stuff. I'll give it a, I'll give it an, no, I don't know. There's a lot of good beer out there. I'll give it an eight on the taste and I'll give it a, 
an, an 8.6 on the drinkability. Mm, all right, all right. Yeah. And then next one on the line here, Next Coast IPA. Eh. Yeah. You're saying eh, eh for an IPA? I mean, I'm not a big fan of IPAs to begin with. Right, but that's what I'm saying. So I, I would say that one, grand scheme of things, for an IPA, I'd give it a 7. For okay. Drink, for, okay. Uh, for taste. And then drinkability, maybe like a 6. Yeah. It's a good mm-hmm. beer, but you can't really, you can't drink a lot of that volume. Yeah, I'll just give it double fives. It's, double fives? Um, right. You know, it's a beer. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of IPAs, we've got the, the green line. What would you rate that for taste? I like the green line better than Next Coast, I think. For taste? Actually, I don't remember what the green line tastes like. Do, do, it's do been a while. Some? Sure, I'll take a little sip. We both tested We tested COVID negative. negative. This, uh, when did we do that? Oh, God, that's way worse. I like the Next Coast better. Yeah, Next Coast is amazing. Okay, so Next Coast just bumped up to a six or a seven. The Green Line, I know this is on tap everywhere. Like, this is their most common IPA that's out. It's kind of upsetting because I I think this tastes much better. I don't know about drinkability for each of them, though. Like, I think I would drink more of that than this, but I think the taste definitely goes to the Green Line. The taste goes to the Green Line or the Next Coast? Sorry, taste goes to Next Coast. Drinkability goes to the green line. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm with you on that. Yeah, that, oh man, the green line after having, especially the SPF. Yeah, the SPF oh, is- God, that green line's pretty bad. The SPF, <laughs> like, especially in the uh, variety pack, feels so bougie. You're like, oh, wow. It does. I feel like it I does. should be sunbathing right now. I will say it's five and a half percent. That's that's a free five and a half percent. It's, I mean, it's, it's basically it's, free. It's free real estate. It's uh, like, they know that you're just gonna delete these so quickly in the summer. Like, they're just gonna disappear. So, <laughs> good thing it's okay. good thing it's winter. All right, all right. So we've got a challenge for our sister, not brother, podcast. Uh, peak too early. Uh, they are a hundred percent washed up uh, runners, also drinkers. Uh, we're only fifty percent washed up. Fifty percent being me. Chris is still in his peak drinking life. We've we've got a challenge for you. We're going to suggest that we do. Uh, the 4x40 challenge. You can grab an extra person. Everyone drinks a 40-ounce beer and runs a 400-meter race. Uh, we will grab two extra people and do the same. Uh, if, if you have any suggestions or alternatives, we will gladly compete in those and whoop your ass in it. Uh, what else do you have to say? Peak too early. Uh, you've had a few... Bowerman Track Club folks on your podcast. We just had Chris on ours, so we thought it was a great time to, you know, spur a little competitive spirit, maybe talk a little shit, and we want to see who's the ultimate podcast for drinking and running, because I think it's down to us two. I would say we're, you know, by far number one and two. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but who's number one? That's the real question. So let's do a let's do a competition. We want to do the four by forty, uh, which is yeah, four people each chugging a 40 and then running a 400 uh you have the three of you on your squad uh steve mike and trent we just have adam and i so you can find one other person on to join your squad for this race we'll find two other people and let's duke it out we can have a little virtual competition you know snow ice doesn't matter we can we can get it done yeah but we're also open to you know whatever sort of running drinking challenges that you want to propose you know we're we're not going to turn down any competition. Like we'll we'll take you. So, uh, so anyway, just just a friendly just a friendly little call out for peak too early. Yeah, uh, a gentle great, nudge. Gentle nudge. Great podcast. Take a listen. So peak too early. I know you're listening to this podcast in full because you just 
fanboys of us. I get it. I get it. Uh, hit me up in the DMs. Hit Adam up in the DMs. Hit either of us up, and we'll make it happen. Uh, we can even put some money on the line. I know you guys like to bet as well. Yeah. Big, big bettors. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm willing to throw down a couple bucks, maybe a couple quarters on something. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> if the fans out there, if you have any suggestions for fun uh, little rivalry competitions, mm. running or or drinking related between Peak Too Early and uh, Beer Mile Podcast, comment them below. Uh, send them to us and uh, to our email, DM, etc. Make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you share the podcast with someone. we got a lot of great guests coming up next. And we really appreciate all of you uh, tuning in and listening. And with that, see a chug, send a chug. <laughs> <laughs>